0: Praise the Lord! Bless you, my brother. Praise the Lord! God's good, isn't He? Yes. You all looking kind of good tonight. Praise the Lord! Hope you had a good day. Good afternoon. Great to see uh, wonderful friends. Of course, uh, pastors uh, Christopheroles. Bless you all. Long time no see. Delighted that you'd come out tonight. And thank God for your church, your ministry, and the assignment God has in your heart. It's wonderful. Praise the Lord. Good to see my. Brother Pastor George, and uh, reminded of the old days. I was wondering, are you in the uh, the PGA tour now? Were you uh, winning that tournament? Huh? Praise the Lord! Great to see you all again, of course, as well, and many, many others. I know the precious sister who's come tonight to receive from the Father, and you've come to the right place at the right time. And the Father's love and work is here for you tonight. So we'll be praying for you and anybody who needs healing tonight. And uh, really that's uh, what we're talking about today. And like Pastor Mark said, if you were not here this morning, make sure you you get the uh, teaching, whether it's online or a CD or whatever. And uh, I'm sure the church will uh, provide it for you from the teaching. I, I, I like the, both services uh, this morning, but uh, just pick one. You'll be blessed abundantly by it. But hey, let me just say once again thanks uh, for your... Uh, desire to be planted in the family of God and planted in the local church and giving and being faithful uh, to your local church. And we shared some stories and uh, some vision this morning about the power of our lives collectively as a seed. And how the fruit of God's love uh, exhibits itself in the hearts and lives of people throughout the world. And, and uh, so it was very, very exciting. But also just want to say thanks for, uh, for helping us in all the different campuses around the world. This year we're uh, doing a, we bought land and we're doing a campus in the Ivory Coast, West Africa. It's a French-speaking country. We've had to work there for about 20 years, uh, but we've never owned property there. And the property that we were renting uh, was owned by Muslim people who were very harsh on our our ministry there. So uh, by the grace of God, we've just bought some land and we have a beautiful rendering. We're going to build a beautiful Life Center campus there in that very troubled uh, Muslim nation. of of West Africa. Also, I haven't really announced this publicly yet, but let me announce it to you because you're family. Um, We just bought some land a little over a month ago in Liberia, West Africa. Many of you know when I came in the old days, back in the late 80s, we had a campus and team in, in this West African nation from 1985 to 1990. In 1990, there was a civil war and we lost everything. They They came and destroyed our whole campus, they stole all of our equipment, they stole our vehicles, everything, and we lost everything, and all of our team members were dispersed to other nations. So the nations they were dispersed to, we started teams there. We let the the, the pressure and the problems be something that propelled us. And so from the tragedy and the chaos, God brought up more fruit. Uh, Both in Ghana, where we have a campus and team, and also in Nigeria, where we have a campus and team. So we just, this uh, about within the last two months, bought this land. It's four acres of land, and uh, we're going to announce it actually uh, at the end of this year. And it's going to be a whole beautiful campus. We've got all the renderings now done, and uh, we're going to go replant really where the ministry started. And so it's going to be a very, very exciting time in West Africa. So give the Lord a shout of praise for that. Amen. That's good, but your lives are a part of all of these expressions around the world. And you all know, uh, within the last couple years, we just acquired a campus in America. We call it Life Center USA, and it's a reflective campus of what we're doing around the world, but in particular in in beirut lebanon and your pastors both have been in lebanon they've experienced personal ministry there they've seen physically the beauty of what god's doing in this whole islamic muslim region of the world and hundreds and hundreds of people are giving their lives to jesus but also your pastors just a few months ago saw our life center usa campus in fact pastor mark came and taught at our uh, pastors conference in january did a great job and uh, was just a good rich time. I think they have a little video tonight. I just want to show you kind of the little story of Life Center USA. So let's watch this quick video. It's Keith Hershey here and welcome to Life Center USA. This is the new international headquarters for mutual faith ministries and this campus is technically a reflective campus of what we've been doing for over three decades all over the world. In fact, Life Center USA very much resembles our Middle East Life Center in Beirut, Lebanon. What we're excited about here at Life Center USA is sharing the love with this community in a multicultural fashion with different languages, different groups, different worship experiences with different churches and of course different fiestas, celebrations, movie nights, and so much more. We're excited to train people in music, train people in ministry, mentor people in the love of the Father. And of course we host our conferences here and all types of leadership events to raise up a new generation of people for mission and evangelism. Thank you so much for participating. In the ministry of mutual faith all over the world, but also here at Life Center USA. Awesome. Isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. So God is good, and uh, we're just so excited about the campus. And uh, I tell uh, people that this last couple years have been like the most difficult, challenging season of our little lives. And uh, it's all about sharing the love, though. And this is what I talked to you about this morning, about seeing the sign. And that's why it's important for you to get that teaching. I'll, I'll highlight it tonight, but, but you, need to, you need to go over it again and again until your heart is absolutely astonished with a sign of the life and the death of the Lamb of God. And uh, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you see the sign, there's always solutions. When you see the sign, there's always direction. And when you see the sign, there's always going to be a surprise. For my little life, it's, it's developing campuses around the world. It's, it's, it's Like even a couple of months ago, I didn't decide, you know, the beginning of this year, oh, I think I want to spend $17,500 for land in Liberia. It's, it wasn't on my list of things to do. It happened suddenly that I had to act and do something to, to preserve something. And so I wish my life had a little bit more order. In structure, you know, and in all these things. But I'm finding when I behold the sign, there's surprises that the sign shows me. And there's like an open door that the, the Lord gives. And I find with open doors, I don't take time to try to figure it out. I just try to step through it. I find that if you step through the open door, the Lord meets you on the other side with sufficiency, with provision, with everything you're going to need. And so the way I look at life and ministry is to see the doors that are open that the sign of the Lamb of God points me to. And I just try to cooperate. That's the best way I can describe walking in faith. You look to Jesus because we learned this morning that faith, grace and love are in Jesus Christ. Remember, I talked about being hyper-Jesus because of all the accusations through the years of ministry. Keith, you're hyper-faith. Keith, you're hyper-grace. Keith, you're hyper-love. And I'm guilty as charged. So I've been learning that the reason I, uh, you know, accent the faith of God and I accent the grace of God and I accent the love of God, because those are the commodities, so to speak, that are in Christ Jesus. So I'm hyper-Jesus. And Jesus is the sign. He's the sign the Father wants you to see so you can understand who the Father is. He's the sign he, the Father wants you to see so you know who you are. See, in Christ, you get the revelation of who your daddy is. In Christ, you get the revelation of who you are. You'll always have a, a misunderstanding of your Father if you don't understand the Lamb of God. You'll always have a misunderstanding of you if... If you don't understand that your life is hid in Christ, in God, and that's the beautiful thing about ministry for me is is willingly, uh, really being surprised. And so I'm not, uh, uh, I, I don't get overwhelmed as much anymore when I get a surprise. However, Life Center USA, that was like a monster surprise. And when we bought that two and a half years ago, it just came instantly because it just was an open door. And uh, it was being bought by this developer who was going to tear everything down. It was handled by the court systems. and it was, it was, but, but, I, but, but I had a prompting. It's an open door. Act like you can walk through it. So, you know, I found out about uh, two weeks before they were going to have a court date. To close the deal, and I just called and said, "How can I interrupt the deal?" <laughs> and they said, "You can show up on September 11th. This was a little over two years ago. On September 11th, and stand before the judge and bid against the developers." And they said, "You you start at 2.5 million, and you just keep increasing." And I said, "Okay, if I bid high enough and get get the deal, how long do I have to get the money?" They said, "You have 30 days." to provide cash to the court and I said okay thank you very much So I told Heidi that we're gonna we're gonna believe God and stand in the courtroom it's insane I had to put up fifty thousand dollars that I would lose if I couldn't perform I said you're gonna do that I said I'm gonna do it I said I believe the Spirit of God has surprised me with himself Let's, let's, let's cooperate. What else we got to do? Huh? So anyway, on September 6th, five days before I was going to show up, and I started calling people trying to borrow e- money from everybody I knew. You know, I was thinking, you know, when I married Heidi, you know, I always thought, you know, marry somebody beautiful, yeah, check. You know, <clears throat> marry somebody smart, check. Marry somebody who loves you, check. Marry somebody who's filthy rich. I couldn't check that one. So anyway, I... <laughs> I couldn't get any money from Heidi. But anyway, on September 6th, they called me and said, hey, the developer pulled out of the deal. You can have it for $2.5 million." I said, no. You know, I didn't have money. But I had time now. So what I did is started negotiating with everybody who was trying to make money on the deal, and I had them cut all their commissions. And so I saved $150,000, made a new deal. And then on November 8th, went before the judge. And then I was traveling the whole time, believing God, said, Lord Jesus, help me. You know, preach the gospel, but help me know what I'm doing. And all I would do to calm my heart is look to the sign of the Lamb of God, what I taught you this morning. The life and the death of Jesus. It's my only security. It's my only everything. And you know what? uh, I would call home, and uh, my son Josh, who's a, my youngest son, he's he's a pastor, assistant pastor now. He he preaches at um, the campus. There are one of four churches that meet there. But uh, he said, "Dad, I went drove by the place today. There's a whole group of Muslims going around the whole building, peering all the, all the windows." I said, "Don't don't worry about it, Josh. God's got it covered." But when I hung up, I was a nervous wreck. I thought, "My goodness." <laughs> What if somebody from Saudi Arabia with billions of dollars is backing people? I said, they're going to make this into a mosque. Then two prominent people, the head of the Chamber of Commerce and another guy in the political government said, the Muslims are going to take that facility, make it a mosque. You have no chance. What do you do? You look to the sign. What else are you going to do? You look to the sign of the Lamb of God and say, Jesus, you're my favor. Jesus, you're my provider. I'm going to act like I got it all. So on November 8th, I stood before the judge. They said, you know, can you perform 30 days? I said, it's no problem. No problem. And we got the deal. And God provided isn't that wonderful? And then I got a loan, thank God, to pay everybody that loaned me money back. I paid them all back. Um, and then I borrowed their money again. Hallelujah. So I could, so, so I could build the, the building out. And now it's absolutely magnificent. Boy, you ought to see it. Ooh, Mark, your pastor, Pastor Mark, he looked really pretty in that building, preaching the gospel. <laughs> Man, he's a much more handsome gospel preacher in that facility than he is in Beirut, Lebanon. Anyway, it's a beautiful beautiful place, and we thank God. But here's the the thing about the sign. Let's go there again real quick. Luke Luke 2.12, because this is the way I choose to live. I choose to be surprised with the love of the Father. And uh, here's what it says, Luke 2.12. By the way, friends, up in the booth, I don't know... I don't know where I'm fully teaching tonight, so you may not have certain references. And uh, I don't know what uh, my office sent you, but anyway, I know you have this one here. Remember, this is the heavenly announcement when God's making announcements from heaven. You know, when heaven makes an announcement, you should, you should listen to it. You know, it's like when your pastors are making an announcement about, you know, sometimes we listen. It's like on, on uh, flying here on Southwest Airlines. They give the announcements of all the security procedures. Well, I've heard the announcements a thousand times. Do you know what they do? They make it really unique and funny and bizarre. Do anything to get your attention, to, to, to listen, and, and that's okay. But, but heaven makes an announcement. Because if you don't hear it and digest it and swallow it and cooperate with it, you don't get the surprise of it. You don't get the strength of it. So what's the announcement? This will be the sign to you, the angel said to the shepherds out in the field. You will find the sign. This will be a sign to you. I always tell people signs you have to personalize. If you don't take time to call it your own and a message for you, you don't get its value. And if you're not getting heavenly surprises, maybe you're not focused on the sign. Maybe you're not interpreting the sign correctly. Maybe you're not even getting the direction you need because your focus is on everything else except God's unending love and acceptance of you. I find when I focus on him and not on me, I'm happier about myself. Because now I see myself not based on myself. I see myself based on himself. And I look good in Christ. I'm righteous, blameless, holy, and pretty. Hallelujah. Listen, in Christ, you get it all. So don't. Focus on knowing yourself according to your flesh. You'll nitpick yourself to pieces and then you'll pass it on. You'll nitpick everybody around. So know yourself according to your redeemed innocence. You have to have God's view of you in Christ. Jesus is God's opinion of you. And and you got to come to a place where you believe it, where you swallow it, and then something happens to you. Because you don't know yourself based on your own capacities. Paul said it this way at the conclusion of his journey. He just said that I might be found in him. Not having my own righteousness. Which is according to the law. Keith Hershey endeavors to live that I'm found in Jesus. Not having nothing of my own to give. But all my righteousness is based on the land. Now does that mean Keith Hershey lives an unrighteous life? No, I'm, I'm a good boy. I live a good life. I live a moral life. I, I, I do moral things. But it's not to find favor with the Father. It's because I've been favored by the Father. I live right. But here's the thing. The sign to you is going to be the baby. As Jesus, the baby shows the life of God in physical form. The incarnation, God in flesh form. The word being physical. See, that's what you want. That's what I want when we pray promises, right? Years ago, I taught a series here. How to, how to get the word in physical form. How the word is made flesh. How you convert a spiritual substance to a physical substance. We do it by faith, right? You take a promise of God and you convert it to a physical form. But, but what we do here, you have the baby showing the life of god in physical form which gives you the picture of the father so jesus's life shows you that god is good to you see the human race really didn't think god was good to them independent of them prior to the lamb jesus is the perfect picture of the father jesus once said uh, no one knows the father except the son and those to whom he reveals him to so jesus is the one that gives clarity of who your father is if you're trying to figure out who God is and people chase all kinds of whatever dreams or theologians or mystic men or whatever, trying to figure out who God is, but any interpretation of your father apart from the, from the Lamb of God is it's skewed. It's, it's not a direct bullseye. It's, it's a miscue. And so Jesus shows you who your father is. And so, again, you're going to find a baby, the life of Jesus, to show you God's good view. But also the sign is not just the life of the baby, it's the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now that's kind of the announcement I want to focus on, because what is described of the baby is not the life of the baby, it's the death of the baby. And the whole thing of being wrapped in swaddling clothes is a picture of when Jesus died and he was taken and wrapped in linen and put in a a grave, hewn, or the Bible says cut out of a rock. And a big stone was rolled in front of it. So this, this, this manger is like the trough in the old days and uh, the Bible days. It's, it's, a, it's a trough cut out of stone. So the picture, the announcement of the Lamb of God is show you that God has come to show you who he is to you. But the God who has come is going to die for you in a certain way and be raised for you in a certain way to show you who you are before the Father. So Jesus shows you God is good to you, but Jesus' death shows you that you are good to God. What I try to do in my mind is constantly let that be my final thought. That I'm good to God through the death and the risenness of Jesus alone. And that's where my faith is anchored. And that that feeds me and fills me and draws me and, and transforms me and changes me. It's, it's, it, and it surprises me. It's like, you've got to be. Because sometimes I just don't feel all that nice. Sometimes my, my flesh life is a little bit naughty. huh? You know, I can say things that aren't nice. Sometimes I can get a little grumpy. You know, you get, what's the expression? Get up on the wrong side of the bed or something like that. And You, you know, I have moments like that that are very, very, very human. And Heidi could, could testify about it, but we're not going to allow that tonight. <laughs> We, we, we refuse gossip in the church. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but anyway, look at this. So here's the deal. My righteousness in my weak moment is just as strong as when I'm a good boy preaching. You say, Keith, how can that be? It's astonishing. Because my righteousness is the Lamb. Now, if you can take this sign and digest it and swallow the beauty of the Lamb of God, it's going to astonish you. And that's what we talked about this morning, the three things about what happened to the shepherds. And that's why I'm not going to preach that tonight or even tell you what it was. You have to get the teaching to, to, to find out. But those three elements, what did it do to the shepherds because they would behold the sign? It allowed them to minister. And they weren't ministers. They, their life now was a witness. They didn't go witnessing. There's a di- There's a difference. See, my mindset in the old days always a ministry was to go do something. Now my mind says, just be something. Yeah. Just be astonished at the love of God in Christ that changes everything. So look at it again up here. Let's look at that verse. Um, it says, the baby's wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. So that's the beauty. So to share the love, and it's like in the little video I showed you uh, for Life Center USA... That's that's our that's our whole method of ministry really around the world is just to empower people with a promise of the lamb in such a way that they're astonished enough to believe it. And see, if you're not astonished with the gospel, you haven't seen the sign, right? It hasn't moved you. And that's why for me, I try daily to find an astonishing element Of the Lamb of God. If I don't have any astonishment, I I, I don't feel like I really have much to communicate. Because the gospel is so bizarrely beautiful. And it's a mystery. The mystery of Christ in you and you in him. How do you explain that to anybody? I don't have words. The width and breadth and length and height and depth of the love of God. How How do you describe that? I don't know. It's the beautiful thing of the heavenly announcement that Jesus has come to show you who your father is. And Jesus is dying and rising to show you who you are before the father, who the father is before you and who you are before the father. So the life and the death of Jesus both have tremendous, powerful, transforming ingredients. If you just feed just feed on the lamb. I told Pastor Mark yesterday, we were talking about Scripture and different things and things on our heart. And I said, man, we, we were actually doing it over a meal. Because yesterday we only ate 24 times. We ate once an hour on the hour. Anyway, but we, we, we were in San Francisco. We were having a good time. And it seems like, you know, I had self-control. Your pastor had something in his hand nonstop. It was unbelievable. But, but it, anyway... I told Pastor Mark while he was shoveling food down. I mean, he, he, his mouth was so full he couldn't even respond. So I was doing all the talking. I said, you know what, Pastor Mark? I'm going to teach on just eat, drink, and be merry. I think that's the beauty of the sign of the Lamb of God. That you feed on this astonishing beauty of Jesus Christ. You feed the, uh, Jesus said you feed of his body. You drink of his blood. And Jesus said you have life in you. My spiritual life and joy and happiness has nothing else to do except with the Lamb of God. It has nothing to do with me. My opinion, actually, of me doesn't change whether I have a good day or a bad day. Because my whole view of me now is changing. My view of me is the Lamb. My life is in Him. I got nothing to give on my own to qualify me. I'm pre-approved. All the things, though whatever is just the bubbling over of what we've learned this morning with the shepherds and everybody was amazed and everybody was in wonder when's the last time somebody wondered about you just because you came in the room you know and there was just an astonishing peace and presence in a in a, in a beauty of the lamb of god and that's why we have to come to a place to find out how do we share to our culture i mean how do we share with our community and, and I talked this morning about, you know, my old world view, you know, many, many years ago was to tell everybody what's wrong with them, But I learned that doesn't go over very good. So I've learned to tell everybody what's right about them Because when you tell everybody what's right about them, you don't talk about them according to the flesh. You talk about them according to the redeemed innocence through the finished work of Jesus Christ. And then you got their attention because they know they're corrupt. They know they're a crook. They already know they're a sinner. Huh? So you surprise them with the realm of righteousness that's granted strictly as a gift. Now you got them. They listen. That's what we do in Beirut, Lebanon. All the pictures I showed you this morning and the videos and the thing. It's all about revealing to people their innocence in Christ before the Father. And it's a beautiful thing. And it's like preaching, uh, you know, to people. That way you don't have to minimize them. You don't have to diminish their traditions. You don't have to even diminish their religion. You reveal the Lamb of God, and they listen, and they receive. And then you let Jesus do the work of transforming people. You know, think about it. How long has it taken to transform you, my brother, <laughs> and my sister, my wife, my beloved older brother? No, it take, it's, I mean, God's still working on me. That's, that's, not, that's not an insult to me. That's a, that's a beautiful joy. You know, as long as I'm housed in this thing called flesh, this brother's going to have a challenge. Sins in your flesh. So the thing is, I've got to yield my heart daily and constantly to Jesus. And God's always working on me. I don't, I don't consider that shameful. Because I'm, I'm beholding the sign of the Lamb of God. And Jesus is doing a good work. I tell you, in my life, any good thing that ever happened in me, Jesus gets all the praise. All of it. I got, I got nothing to add to him. Except cooperating. And just being... Innocent, so to speak. To say, my, that's an open door. How about we go through it? How about, how about we act like it's done? How about we just believe and speak? And that God surprises us with the saints rallying around it. So this is the way I've, I've, uh, I've chosen to live now. And I'm, I'm uh, getting too old to change. Hallelujah. I'm like a... a <laughs> I'm like an old dog. Can't teach me a new trick. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm just stuck on Jesus. Amen. I'm stuck on the sign. I'm stuck on the Lamb of God. And so let's, let's go here real quick. Luke 24, verse 46 through verse 48. The announcement that Jesus gave, I think I shared this in the first service, but not the second. On the resurrection day was this. He, he meets with the disciples. He said to them in verse 46, thus thus it is written and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations. So the good news of unveiling the sign of the love of the lamb, the life and the death goes everywhere to everyone, to all nations, to all nations all nations. So when I talk about sharing the love or when I'm preaching overseas or working with leaders or whatever, I'm teaching people, okay, how, how do we, how do we uh, convey in this culture, this community, what's necessary for people to be astonished? If the sign doesn't grip you, won't, you won't follow it. And, you know, real repentance, you know, when Jesus said the kingdom of heaven, I was, I was listening to the, the I, a lot of times in the morning I listened to the Bible just... Uh, on my app, you know, a Bible app. And, and I was listening here, you know, in one of the Gospels, and Jesus said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, believe the Gospel. He said, repent believe the Gospel. And repent really is to change your mind. But, but in the context of the Scripture in the Gospel, I think it's in Mark, Mark's Gospel, then, then right after that, like the next verse, it says they followed him. To me, repentance is when you change your mind about the sign you see and you cooperate. You go, you go with the lamb, you see. And, and this, this is, for me, the way I know my mind is changed and I've repented from my flesh life to a spirit life is when I follow the lamb. When I behold the lamb. In fact, if you look in that gospel and read it, then, then Jesus would, would go by the fishermen, you know. And he would say, follow me. And I'll make you fishers of men. I'll make you have a value in, in, in a community that's beyond your wildest dreams. Where you, your life isn't your sufficiency of your business life. Your life is your sufficiency in my life. And, and you know, they followed him. They forsook their nets, it says. And they, they followed him. They repented by changing the way they thought about themselves to see themselves in himself and look to him. And, and that's why following Jesus is so important. You live right, you do right, when you're beholding the Lamb and following Him. And so don't, don't get all worked up with, with the frailty of your flesh or the complications of your insecurities. Because you don't have to qualify for nothing, friend. You're 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 in the family based on the love of the father for you in Christ. And so just receive it. Just behold the lamb. Just follow and see how your life transforms because whom you're beholding you 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 find you are like and you're living in 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 the same dimension. You're living with the same capacity of grace. You're living with the same dynamic faith. Jesus is the faith of the Father for you. And, and you're looking to Jesus. He, 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 he's the faith you live by. You live by the faith of the Son of God. Who loved you. And gave himself. See the faith of Jesus is triggered in you when you know his love for you. Faith is never hard. Faith is really. Faith, faith is natural. When you're looking to the sign. The sign gives you the direction. The instruction. I was telling you this morning about driving around San Francisco yesterday with Pastor Mark and, uh, Brendan, Heidi, and, you know, I mean, we didn't know where we were, uh, you know, part of the time I thought I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Hallelujah. We were going in circles. You know, I mean, there were roads closed and, you know, and we were trying to look at signs and everybody was giving Pastor Mark opinion. And so, you know, I finally got Siri on, on the line and, uh, she didn't know which way was up either, you know, so I said, Siri, I've had enough of you. Anyway, we, we, finally, we finally got to where we're going, but here, here's the thing. Many times uh, when I'm traveling internationally, when I land, I'm lost. I have no sense of direction. Now, when I'm in L.A., when I'm in any part of America, I know exactly where I'm at. I have a sense of direction. I know all the cities. I know all the freeway systems. But when I'm in other nations, like Beirut, Lebanon, your pastors have traveled with me there. And they've prayed in the Spirit fervently for me while we've been traveling. But I'm, I'm instantly lost. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know, I don't know anything. In Guatemala City, I'm, I'm completely lost. And I've been there a thousand times, it seems like. I'm completely lost. So I don't understand why in all these foreign countries, I never have a clue where I'm at. In Zurich, Switzerland, I am completely lost. When I land, I'm lost. You know what I need? I need somebody I trust with signs. And so thank God I have team members that, that lead me. I'm like a blind man. I don't, know where, I don't know where I'm going. Even in Panama, I just came from Panama a few weeks ago. I was doing a Latin America ministry tour in four areas: South America, Central America. Everywhere I was, Barranquilla, Colombia. I'm lost. Nicaragua, Managua. I'm lost. I'm lost wherever I am. And I think to myself, now my wife Heidi, in L.A. Sometimes I, I have fun with her. She's going to the store, and, and uh, you know her sense of direction, I would say, is just not right, spot on. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so. Her, I don't know if in her mind there's a layout of the land, you know, in terms of geography and things. And, you know, there's a lot of people that live like that. You, you understand what I'm saying? They, I have a pastor friend down in, in, in Louisiana. And it, the town he lives in has like 50,000 people. And he has no sense of direction. And he's, he's like 50 some years old. And he doesn't know how to hardly get from his house to the church. He gets lost. From the airport, you know, to the hotel, and there's only like three hotels in town, you know, I mean, and and he, he, he doesn't have a sense of, but you know what, there's a lot of people in God's family, they have no sense of where they are in the kingdom. And so they're always debating with themselves about themselves, trying to find their position before the father based on them and how they feel and what they did or what they didn't do. What they said, what they didn't say. And so they're, they're, it's like the law. So, you know what you need? You need what I need. You need somebody come alongside you who's gifted at interpreting the sign of the Lamb to tell you, hey, beloved one, all is well. The blood of the Lamb works on your behalf. Jesus died, He paid the full price. There's no more payments required of you. Put your good work list away, it's not required. No more payments. Jesus is your full supply. And begin to teach and instruct. That's why for us in the family of God, we we come together. We, We have teaching of the word. And it should be about unveiling the beauty of Jesus. Whether it's through the old system that pointed to the lamb, to the new system, which is the revelation of the lamb. But it's all about the lamb. And so it's the sign that the heavenly announcement said you have to see it because it's to you. And if you don't, if you don't choose to see it, you do what we did yesterday. You would go in circles all day if you wanted to, unless you finally call somebody that can help you, you know, because everybody in my car was useless. You know what I mean? I'm... <laughs> in other words, you, you, need, you, need to, you need to get somebody who gives you the information. I can always, <laughs> I can... <laughs> I'm preaching real good now, but I think I had to preach... This side of the sanctuary. You know, the, the beautiful thing is, is having somebody who shows you the sign. Now, when I was listening to scripture, I was listening to the book of Acts. Remember the guy who's reading the scriptures? And was it Philip joined to the chariot? Remember that? Yeah. And the dude said, hey, bro, what's all this about? And he was reading out of Isaiah 53. Remember? And Philip... Pointed to who? The Lamb of God. He presented. And you know what? In a moment's time to see the sign right, the guy believed. And he was a foreigner. He believed. And you know what happened next? He was baptized. He was baptized. What was his repentance? Following Jesus. Being astonished with the sign. It didn't say he repented any other way. But he believed and was so astonished he wanted to follow the Lamb of God. So I really think that there's got to be a way that the shepherds give us a, a, a clue to of how to communicate the gospel. It's all in unveiling the love of the Lamb of God that brings astonishment. And that's what I hope for you, precious friend, that you can be so astonished with God's love in Christ. You know it doesn 't it doesn 't happen all at once, and don 't don 't ever be hard on yourself. I, I was telling you this morning in the services how through the years people would criticize me and judge me the way I preached, the style of my preaching i wasn 't deep enough or theological enough or i didn 't preach whatever enough so and I told you they 'd call me different things, you know hyper faith, and then you know ten, twelve, fifteen years later, I was hyper grace and then recent years. I'm hyper love and all these things. So people who don't see the sign the way you see it can't swallow it. So don't, don't, don't be frustrated by the precious folk who can't see the sign. Just love folk and keep showing them the sign. And just keep dishing it up in a different way. Put some different accents on it, but always point to the death and the rising of the love of the Lamb that Jesus, through its, the obedience of one, we've all been pre-approved. And show people how, how, how by faith you receive it. You receive the gift of life. You receive the gift of righteousness. You receive the abundance of grace. It's all by faith. Trusting. But you keep, you keep announcing the news. But don't let your heart be troubled because somebody sees the sign a little differently. You know, it's like uh, when we bought Life Center USA. I mean, I had some friends that said, man, you're crazy. And I said, I know, but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it, you know. I have other friends tell me how everything's going to collapse. And, not gonna, and I lived through two years of my life where I, <laughs> I thought they were right, you know. I mean, it was, it was the most miserable season of our journey. But you know what? By uh, January 1st of this year, we're through the pain. Hallelujah. And God is doing glorious, glorious, glorious things there. But you know what? It wasn't because uh, I had people encouraging me. Some of the people were discouraging me. Thank God I had the the precious saints who, who stood with me through it all. But it's, 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 it, it's the same with the gospel of Jesus. You know, everybody doesn't see the sign the same. And that's why, you know, when you eat, drink, and, and, and you be merry, it's, it's, it's swallowing. The, the swallowing, the truth of the life and the death of Jesus. You eat his flesh, you drink his blood... You know who the Father is to you. You know who you are to the Father. And you swallow it. You believe it. And that's why you need believing moments like that constantly. And when you're always filling yourself with those kind of believing moments, then your heart has rest. Your heart has peace. There's no more fear of judgment. Because the perfect love of God for you cast out all fear. The best way I defeat fear is to be loved by the Father. And that's why I'm being loved by the Father a lot a lot of times throughout my day because fear thoughts visit me. So I take time to be loved and, and and it delivers you from the fear of judgment. See, most people who have fear of judgment don't understand that the sign of the Lamb has got you coming and going. And so they're always striving. They're always trying. They're always looking to themselves to think, I wonder if, I, if I'm good enough, if I did enough. Or if I sinned here and there and I haven't you know, confessed it and I've lost everything. You know, people's minds will play games with your flesh. That's why you have to know yourself according to your redeemed innocence. And the more you fill yourself with the truth of the sign, the more you have peace. And then you're quickened to have the overflowing moments with those around you, just like the shepherds did. And it brings great astonishment in all lot of people. And that's what I find even in ministry now. Um... The, the the beauty of the astonishment that people bring, and the way their hearts are just just re- broken with the massive love of the Father, and, and I love it in the Middle East, especially with the good old boys. I love when the good old boys, strong, tough guys, you know, they've. I love when the love of God grips them and they're sobbing like little babies. I love it. I say, you big baby, isn't it beautiful? Hallelujah! The love of God's got you. See, the love of God in Christ is so astonishing that when you believe it it changes everything but it doesn't happen suddenly think about even in scripture and i've highlighted this to you before but even on the day of pentecost when they preached god had to keep working on the disciples they weren't instant spiritual giants it took time it takes time for all of us in fact go with me real quick to acts chapter 10 are you guys having a good time you guys know when i'm talking about uh, pastor mark i'm just joking don't you i'm I'm not being disrespectful to the man of God. I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. You know, he's my big brother. He's my big brother. Hallelujah. Uh, so Acts chapter 10, this is when uh, Peter has the vision. Remember, his, his vision came not while he was conscious, but while I was unconscious, I always tell people God can do more for you in your unconscious moments than you can ever do in your conscious moments because in your conscious moments your flesh will fight it. That's why I love when God surprises me uh, in my sleep with a thought or a dream, and I wake up and I'm stirred, and sometimes I, I get up, I write it down. The the best revelation I've ever received really never came while I was awake. <laughs> It developed out of something I meditated on while I was awake, but it came because it's astonishing. And see, it's, it's hard to preach astonishing things because your flesh makes no sense of it. And your flesh fights it and fights it and fights it. Say, this can't be. That person can't be righteous. He's such a naughty boy or whatever, right? So we, we, we calibrate everything in life based on people's flesh, not based on the sign. So the sign to me becomes very, very important. So here in Acts 10, Peter goes into this, this sleep, into this trance. And you know the story, you know, the sheep born by four, were let, let down from heaven and descended to the earth. And verse 12 says, in were all kinds of four-footed animals, beasts of the earth, creep, creeping things and, you know, birds of the air. And then the voice came to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Now the voice is Jesus. It's in red, right? <laughs> so you know it's Jesus. <laughs> Arise, Peter. Kill and eat. But what, what, what the Father is showing through Christ is the work of Christ. He's showing the finished work of Jesus Christ. And Peter said, not so, Lord, because it made no sense to his earthly mind of what righteousness could be for people who don't qualify. And uh, Peter would say in verse... Verse fourteen. Uh, not so, Lord. I've never eaten anything common or unclean. See, most people don't don't go through open doors because it doesn't make sense to their their framework or their theology or their or their uh, their style. And I'm learning in life. I got I got I got to be a flexible dude. Listen, I, I, I'm 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 not getting any younger. And I'm learning that to do things in the nations in our world's upside down nuts. Wherever you go, whether it's the United States or any place, the world's crazy. Huh? And so I'm learning to, to, to sleep or to rest in, in, in God's uh, purposes in such a way where my flesh won't reject it. The surprise. Because the strength of the sign is astonishing. It'll mess with you. And you've got to come to a place where you don't care anymore about the opinion of men. Or if they're going to call you hyper this or hyper that. Like I said, I'm hyper Jesus. I'm all in. i got nothing else going for me. Nothing. Except the Lamb of God. i got nothing on my own. Absolutely nothing. He said, not so, Lord. I've never eaten anything common or clean. And the voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleaned... Don't you call dirty. That's a loose paraphrase. What God has cleansed, don't you call common. So the Keith Hershey thing, it's, it's the picture of the Lamb of God. And so you all know the story. It happened three times. And then finally, God shook him from his sleep. So now he's in a conscious state, and now there's a knock at the door. The door opened. Who was it? It was Gentiles asking for him. Now Gentiles, in his religious worldview couldn't qualify they were outsiders they couldn't be accepted in the family what did God have to do God had to show him the sign revealed in a way so he had faith to step through the door and go with him to their house and what did he do along the way he had conversations with the people he got to Cornelius's house and he presented the life death and the risenness of Jesus Christ faith came to the hearts of the people and they all believed they had believing moments and they received the Holy Ghost that's what the scripture says. Read the whole chapter; it's really powerful. But the thing that I that I'm trying to bring out to you is the 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 the, the thought that he had to be in a place where he could see the sign differently. You know, sometimes you're going to have to you're going to have to see Jesus uh, in the midst uh, of an environment when there's no natural evidence that he's there. It's like working with relatives or something, you know, that are. Challenged or friends or whatever, and you think, you know, God's definitely not in that mess, you know what I mean? But you know what? He is. He is. And Heidi and I, Heidi and I have learned this with, with our family trees. Oh, my goodness. Jesus, you're in it all. You're in it all. You're in it all. I believe it. I tell Heidi, we have to trust the sign of the Lamb of God more than we trust the frailty of their flesh. I believe Jesus is working. And you know what? Those are the kind of doors I walk through now. The surprises and see everybody clean. I don't see people dirty. I see everybody clean through the lamb. Now, I know they're not clean in their flesh. But I preach to them as though the blood of the lamb has worked on their behalf. So faith moves them from their identification in the flesh. They repent, come to Christ and are born again and are transformed so that's the beautiful thing about the sign but it all happened through the heavenly announcement on the on the day of Jesus's appearing in physical form so I just want to encourage you all don't be discouraged uh, let, let me show you one other verse then I, I, I gotta I gotta stop go with me to Ephesians 1 are you still having a good time look at this Ephesians chapter 1 uh, let me see where's Ephesians I usually have the scriptures written down. I've got a Bible with such small print, I can't even read it. Okay, let's let's read this prayer, this uh, prayer in Ephesians 1, verse 15. Look at it, it says, Therefore I also, after heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ might... The Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. What's the knowledge of? The knowledge is of the sign of the Lamb of God. The life and the death of Jesus. The knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened in what? The sign. That you may know the hope of his calling in what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. In what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe... That's why believing moments are important. You always know power is available. I take time to believe uh, throughout the day. I, 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 I have believing moments where I hide. I hide from the chaos of ministry, staff, people. I, I find moments where I, where I behold the Lamb. I, I need believing moments because, man, I, I, can, I can get overwhelmed or filled with fear or despair, you know, readily, pretty quickly. I need believing them. So I come to passages like this, and it's all about the sign that the eyes of my understanding be enlightened. That Jesus, his life, his death, is enough. And I'm astonished by it. And then share the love. It overflows, and the lives of people are transformed. That's what's happening for you, precious friend. Live astonished with the love of the Father. God's that good to you. Amen? Amen. You all enjoy the word tonight? Give the Lord a shout of praise. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand to our feet real quick. We want to just may, hey, Pastor Tom, do you mind? uh, Maybe you can help with some music and worship. Don't you appreciate Pastor Tom? He does a great, great job, the whole team. I want to pray for folks tonight, too. And if you, I know the precious lady has a need. I, I don't know who she is. I think she's sitting on this side. But if you need healing tonight. If you need, uh, man, if you think you're losing your mind and you're going nuts because of all the pressure and pain and problems, you're in the right place. We all, we've all had moments where we thought we're going nuts. Life's, life's full of pain. I told Heidi when we were going through the thing with Life Center USA, I, I just wanted to run away and hide. I wanted to hide forever. Forever. <laughs> but God preserved me. Isn't that amazing? He preserves you, too. So if you need prayer tonight, just come on up here and for whatever you need is. And we're going to pray and thank the Lord. Father, these are your precious kids. Let their hearts be happy tonight, Father. We receive of your love. We receive of your grace. We receive of your mercy. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in us and through us. Lord, I pray for the people tonight that have special needs and special prayer. I speak over their lives that they're not nervous about nothing. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, as we lay hands on them, Father, quicken every part of their bodies, quicken wisdom and revelation for every decision they need to make in every part of their lives in the name of Jesus. Heidi, can you come help me pray for the precious ones? Hallelujah. Just worship Jesus for a moment. Hallelujah.